1: Welcome to the Story Studio. Oh yeah. Here we go. Check it out now. Welcome to the Story Studio, a podcast where an independent publishing company explores the world of self-publishing, independent art and the future of storytelling. My name is Daniel Wilcox and today I'm joined by regular Hello, Luke Condor. Hello. And we and we have special guest, Craig Martell. Say hi, Craig. Hey,
0: how are you guys doing? Craig here.
1: Fantastic.
0: So Craig
1: is a former Marine, a former business consultant, Alaskan resident, husband and dog owner, and a successful author of five beloved book series spanning the genres of sci-fi, post apocalypse and thriller. He's also an incredibly, incredibly efficient and lightning-quick writer, and an incredibly swell dude. How's it going, Craig?
0: (laughs) Oh, it's going great. Thanks, Dan and Luke, for having me on on board. I appreciate it. I, I hope you're listeners get something out of this besides bored out of their mind with the guy who lives uh, back of beyond alaska and uh spends all day writing or uh, outside with his dog
2: that that sounds like heaven to me that yes. sounds like absolute heaven to me but, that's uh, what
0: we're aiming to get to <laughs> yeah oh man yeah i i do i do call it uh, uh god's country up here because man it's uh it's you and nature and we live a ways away from the city so uh it, it is pretty much just what we want to make of it. You say, it's how min- far are you from the nearest city? About about ten miles.
2: Okay. okay. Yeah, you say it's minus fifty at the minute, as uh, minus fifty
0: Fahrenheit. Oh, it got it got that this winter. Right now, it's uh, oh, it's a beautiful day. Probably about fifty degrees Fahrenheit outside, so yeah. it's very nice. It's uh, it's pleasant. It's spring. Uh, green, green. Everything is turning green. <laughs> <clears throat> so uh no no it's uh it's a very, very nice time of year the uh the mosquitoes are, are out unfortunately they've been out for a week uh, they came out before all the snow melted it was really annoying
1: yeah oh, yeah they're the worst
2: have you ever been like so, uh so cold that you can't write like your fingers just won't physically move Because <laughs> i've been a few times I've, my fingers get pretty chilly sometimes i just struggle to use my phone
0: Yes. uh, As a matter of fact, this last winter was was really harsh in regards to the cold. And even wearing gloves, uh, I'd take my dog Phyllis, uh, a pit bull, on about a half-mile walk. That's our our morning walk. And I'd come in, and my fingers would be so cold and so stiff and so painful to touch anything that it took me about an hour for them to thaw out enough before I could write. So that was uh, probably uh, two or three months out of the winter it was that cold. Yeah.
1: How do you how do you get around that?
0: You you wait two or three hours. After
1: you back, so. <laughs> There's no miracle
0: cure to cold fingers. <laughs> no, I could wear. Uh, I have these moose mittens that uh, go underneath a pair of gloves, and that's the best way to go. But then I can't uh, uh, handle Phyllis very well yeah. because it's so dark. Uh, I get up way early. That's the Marine Corps, so I take her out at uh, at. at like three thirty, four in the morning, before wow. any of the other dogs get out. When when people and say they uh,
2: get up early, I normally think, yeah, me too. I get up at you know half five, six. But no one's ever said I get up about three o'clock.
0: <laughs> a, yeah, it's, it's it's I know it's a, it's an alien, which that helps when I write aliens because uh, yeah, it, uh, it, it fits right in. Hmm. No, no, the uh, uh, getting outside, getting uh, and, and doing it, and being part and parcel with uh, with nature up here is is really important. It's it's what you need to do, even if it's a little cold. To live here, you have to be okay with cold. You don't have to like it. I don't like it when it's that cold, but I'm okay with it. So, uh, yeah, come back inside, warm up, and and then write, So uh, which is what we're here for. So yeah, let's yeah. talk about writing, man. Cool. Uh, so yes.
2: uh, what are we all working on currently? Daniel, do you want to – are you still doing – oh, you're we're planning the new series, right?
1: Yeah, so I've had a bit of um, – it's been quite a nice – week for me because um i've had about three or four weeks just cracking on with the edits for um they remain but this last week we've actually yeah been planning the first book in a new trilogy by myself and mr condor um which i don't think we'll say too much on yet because we've still got to work out the ins and outs but we're aiming to have essentially just a bullet series aren't we just try and write something fairly quick, fairly speedy, pop it out there and see if people like it.
2: Yeah, we're going to try and mimic a bit of Craig and uh, Michael Anderle's and that sort of fast turnaround. Um, Mm. What what genre are you guys
0: looking at? It's Uh,
1: looking at a bit... um, It's post-apocalyptic primarily with elements of fantasy,
0: so... Okay, okay, sounds cool. (laughs) Sounds cool. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's... Getting up quickly... It, it's, it's great. It's okay. The revenue stream is nice. The tail grows with each new book. Mm. But that's where you, you, you manage reader expectations. As long as uh, you can deliver a book every three weeks, four weeks, whatever, whatever the frequency is, even if it's six weeks, the readers mm. know that. And come six weeks, they expect to see that next one. And you deliver, your readership will grow because you, you've established that credibility and you've given them a series where, hey, every Tuesday, my favorite show comes on. So every yeah. six weeks, my favorite books arrive, and you keep that story going. You have that main overarching arc, that yeah. story arc, where they want to find out about their favorite characters, but each story needs to be self-contained as well. You can't leave them on a massive click ha- cliffhanger with, <laughs> and he fired the gun at our main character. We'll see you next time.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's it. I mean, we've got um... – essentially two series already one that's already sort of released on its way another one that we're still working on what we're going to do with it but we yeah we wanted to come up with another one that was quite quick fire that actually got out there just to kind of up our our backlist really yeah yeah
0: cool
2: yeah, yeah. what about you craig what are you working on
0: i am working on nomad avenged which is uh, terry henry walton chronicles book seven uh, co-written with michael anderley I am reaching for halfway done right now. I should, I should pass the halfway point today, uh, And that's a, a good continuing series. That book is, very, uh, this series is very, very successful. The last three books all uh, worn the uh, Amazon bestseller tag. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, congrats. 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 Oh, thank you. Thank you. And I just published a book yesterday, the third book in my Cygnus space opera series, which is uh, the ninth book. That's in the Free Crater universe, so that uh, that that was a, a nice add and something I've been promising my readers for oh geez about six months, and it's been five months since I published a book in my my own name alone. So uh, it was nice to get that back out there.
2: Yeah. So you so you're halfway through that book. So that must be coming out what uh, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> <Is it? laughs>
0: Oh, yeah, we would <clears throat> we would think I, I, I try to give my uh, my my editor uh, a couple weeks heads up. I used to give her two months, but then mm. uh, uh, things got a little more more volatile in regards to timing. So now two weeks. Uh, and also I have my editor on salary just to make it just oh, wow. to make it easier and and not mess with her time. because yeah. I'm only gonna give her two weeks notice. I, I here here you go. You're paid. Uh, and if I don't deliver, well then I lose money. If I do deliver, we're good. So, uh, that also helps uh, some accountability. Yeah. Uh, definitely. And yeah. I told her I would deliver the book on the 22nd of May and we okay. hope to publish, not hope we need to publish this month. So we're shooting for a publication date of 29 May.
2: <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so we will get into more into the detail of sort of your process and uh, and the books and everything. But uh, before we do that, I just want to get into the big one. I do want to sort of jump ahead and go straight in with mine because we are getting a dog on Saturday and it's called, oh, Alaska. It's called Alaska. And I was like, oh, wow, oh, great. That's, that's perfect. Yeah, uh, we're, we're driving down to Kent on Saturday. It's like a five-hour drive. Staying over my sister's oh, and then picking you up. Yeah, she's a, a, a samoid. I don't know if you get many Samoids over there.
0: Yes, yes.
2: I just thought, for some reason I thought you're in Alaska. I'm getting a dog called Alaska. This is meant to be. <laughs> how,
0: how how serendipitous! No, yeah. that's that's great. Uh, the dog ownership is great. And I was thinking of that this morning while I was walking around. That uh, if it wasn't for uh, for my dog Phyllis, I I would rarely leave the house. So she's <laughs> yeah. good. She's good for my health and well being. Does she
2: influence the writing at all? I'm sorry, does he like, influence your writing in any way?
0: Oh my God, the uh, End Times Alaska series, uh, Phyllis is one of the main characters and wow, and okay. a fan favorite. and nice. that, that series was a was a best-selling series with, uh, with my traditional publisher. I'm, I'm known as a hybrid author because I have uh, a series with a traditional publisher as well as uh, a number with uh, that are independent independently mm-hmm. published. So yes, Phyllis, uh, I, I always write dogs. I always write dogs that uh, 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 people love to to have at hand. And yeah. actually, let me let me read you a sentence I wrote right before you guys got on because I was trying to catch up. I'm at it's quarter after eleven here in Alaska in the morning, mm-hmm. and I have written 380 total today. So I would every minute it's like no no you got to jam you got to jam. Uh, <laughs> let's see okay char looked at the coonhound don't even Corey sedated preemptively char rolled her eyes because uh the coonhound's going with them on a on a tactical mission yeah so <laughs> the uh, but that that's uh, uh always always try to put dogs in my story because uh, man's best friend right or, yeah, or yeah. human's best i love friend. just
1: putting i love putting just pets in general i mean we i don't know if, <laughs> i don't know if what we did with a dog was a bit of a mistake but um we a spoiler alert for anyone that hasn't read the right yet. We ended up killing the dog in the first book, um, but we we have got an alternative to that in book two, just to kind of pull that back. But every time I've spoken to someone about uh, what they thought of the book, that was the first thing that came up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Don't 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 do that. Don't don't <laughs> don't kill off don't kill off your main character. Okay, GRR Martin gets away with it, but nobody else. <laughs> yeah. Don't kill your main character. Don't kill any of the happy animals.
1: Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah my uh, my big whoop this week is um uh, actually a previous guest that came on a couple of uh, months ago john l monk um i'm actually reading or just finished reading his collaboration with uh jay thorne on the american demon hunter series um which was I'll just they named them in different series oh washington dc um uh-huh. and it's it's about a twenty thousand word novella very very quick read didn't take long at all but he writes one of my favourite characters I think I've ever had in a book, which is just a forty-five-year-old D and D player that goes hungry on demon powers that he suddenly possesses overnight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Amazing. And I think because he is a D and D player and because he loves all that kind of stuff, he writes it so well. But I was—it's was, rare that I ever smile or laugh out loud when reading the book. But and I know it's a, a horror in a sense, but. Just that character himself I absolutely loved, and I'd, I'd highly recommend that book to, to anyone. So that's American Demon oh, that's, Hunters, Washington, D.C.? Washington, D.C., okay, yes. Cool.
0: Okay, that's cool. That's cool. I, I did get the pleasure of meeting John L. Monk uh, a couple weeks ago at the Smarter Artists Summit oh, in cool. Texas. Yeah. How was yeah, good, yeah. good dude. He's, he's taller than I thought.
2: Yeah, I saw pictures. Yeah. Uh, he, he looks like a giant. He looks like about, I mean, just from guessing, yeah, six foot three or something like that.
0: Um, uh, something like that. Yeah. Uh, broad, big, big, big dude, but uh, good guy, good oh. guy, and damn good author, Yeah, and damn good yes. author. Yeah.
2: yeah, all the cool guys were there. It seemed I saw Michael Bunker even pop down. Uh, Kevin Tomlinson was there. All, all the, all the cool yes. people.
0: Oh yeah, Ke- my first conversation with Kevin Tomlinson, D to D, right? They were one of the sponsors of the show. They uh, provided the badges and the badge holders. Mm. Well, me. And, and with with John O. Monk, he understood. I, I wore my Gary Con badge holder that I just picked up. Gary Con, that's for all the old school uh, role-playing gamer uh, uh, dudes in that convention. Well, I, I I walked up to Kevin to introduce myself, and he's like, what's this? And and no no D2D badge holder and the bad, <laughs> badge that's showing D2D was kind of buried. And it's like, oh, man, now I feel bad. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Oh man, we we want to go to the smart art. Right, it's so bad, but it it'll be on the horizon at some point.
0: Yeah, yeah. So if you, oh, Gary, gonna... Con- you guys, sorry, Gary Contan, man, Gary Contan. It's <laughs> coming next year. Nice. So have you have you got a big whoop for us? Um, for this week, uh, the, just a uh, nomad Avenged. I've got sure. that. I published a book. I uh, also was in Galactic Frontiers. That was published uh, two days ago, which is an anthology with some. Uh, some uh, a heavy hitter science fiction space opera authors, Chris Fox, uh, Jay Allen, uh, to name a couple. Uh, and that's that's currently wearing the bestseller tag. I brought up my Amazon dashboard, and two out of the first three listed books were wearing the tag. So that was really nice to see. Wow, That's phenomenal. Uh, so, work, yeah. And uh, uh, getting uh, The Expanding Universe 2, that's uh, the anthology that I'm uh, uh, honchoing. We've got twenty three authors. Uh, we've got the stories uh, all submitted, ready to go. Uh, it, they're currently being formatted. Uh, I have to uh, uh, subcontract the formatting because I don't I don't own an apple with with vellum, mm. and uh, many people do. So that just makes it easier, make it look better because uh, this is all about Indies reaching into the traditional publishing world and showing that level of professionalism. So getting it formatted right now, we're gonna put it up for pre-order on the fifteenth of May. So we've got that uh, conference. Uh, We're at about 210 people registered for 20 Books Vegas and uh, 20 Books London, February 3rd and 4th, 2018. Uh, Working on that, uh, got a uh, guest speaker. Lined up yesterday, a new one that is going to be uh, really beneficial for people. Not announcing any of the guest features yet, but we have some. Uh, there's going to be plenty of horsepower there as well in London as there is in Vegas. So a great opportunity for people to meet and greet, and even introverts, you're going to get something out of this because you're going to find somebody a kindred spirit who who you can talk with. It's like this. I mean, we're disembodied. I'm here uh, 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 nine time zones away from you guys, but we can still carry on a good conversation yeah. uh, about a topic that we share an interest in, and that's uh, self-publishing. Yeah. So uh, this is what uh, those two conferences are about, bringing people together to talk about uh, what they need to do to get to the next level or share some of their experiences with others who are just, just need that one last thing, uh, who are working hard and just need that one last little Leg up, as it may be, not leg over, which that's a that's a UKism. That's <laughs> it a depends on the conference,
1: goes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a
0: leg, a leg up. That's what we're talking
1: about. <laughs> but yeah. It's already in um, our diaries for next year. Very much looking forward to going to the London one.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Superb. We actually, uh, uh, Michael said uh, he sent a note to the the website company. Because what we want to do is want to mirror our website, for the 20booksvegas.com, mirror it to 20 Books London so we don't have to redo all of the uh, website setup work. And then yeah. we'll just uh, edit that site. And uh, we were hoping to have that done by next week so we can open up uh, registration. Wow. Keep it on what we need, we've got – we're thinking about 70 right now, but the uh, response from from Europe has been overwhelming. So uh, I want to open it up early just in case we blast past those 70 uh, registrations because then we'll need to reserve the next room over at the uh, running meet on TAMS uh, where we're holding it because that's still available. If we can get that one, then we can do 150 people. And that would – I mean whoever needs to get that leg up, at, like I said, yeah. or meet with other authors, if we're getting that kind of response, then we need to be able to, yeah. uh, to, to help them out.
2: Well, I think you'll get a lot of people from England just because, uh, I mean, England is, you know, it's a little island. Uh, We're all sort of hidden away a little bit. And I think we all sort of listen to the American podcast. We all follow. We're all in in the same Facebook groups and stuff. And we all want to get involved. But it hasn't been very many opportunities unless you unless you have enough money to fly over to the US. So this is amazing for us, especially.
0: yeah. Just, just trying to, just trying to help out, man. Because yeah. that's the, uh, it, it is prohibitive to fly all the way over here. Mm. Uh, it's uh, what seven time zones. So if you came a couple days early, now you're adding in costs and, uh, and you'll be tired for the whole time, and it, it, it makes it a challenge. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Now yeah. for twenty books, twenty books of Vegas, we've got a couple people coming from Australia. Wow. We have a couple people signed up from, from uh, UK already. We have uh, uh, somebody coming from uh, mainland uh, over in Europe, uh, the continent, I believe you call it, and uh, Canada. uh, We don't have anybody from South America yet that I saw, but uh, there's people coming from all over the place, and uh, it really puts pressure on us to make sure it's a great show. So starting early is the best thing we can do.
1: Yeah, for sure. So if we're um okay, so if we pull back and start looking at your writing career, Craig. Very so, we read a post on the Twenty Books Fifty K group, which obviously we were talking about a second ago with the conferences, um, and I think we have mentioned it a few times on the podcast. But we've seen in this post that you have, is it twenty-one books planned out for this year? You basically have a very nice grid of all the books that you want to get written, all the covers sorted, all very organised. Um, how? How is that a thing for you? how How are you able to write that much? How are you able to plan that far ahead and and look at all these theories?
0: i I've written I, I published uh, the twenty first book was the one I published yesterday. So those are the covers of oh, wow those okay. that I published as well as a few a few extras leaning forward, which was a Chris Fox tip, have the cover before you start writing the book because it just makes it easier write the book, just to make sure that you reference exactly what people are going to see on the cover. And that's important because people will be, people are looking for that. The covers that have nothing to do with the book, it creates a discord in the readers and, and you might lose them. Or somebody gets the book because of the cover and then don't find what they're looking for in the book and then you can lose them that way too. So uh, uh, getting the cover ahead of time is important. I do that. Uh, Tom Edwards out of the UK has done Oh geez, about fifteen of my covers now, and that's uh, those are money makers on their own. Just because uh, Tom Edwards does such great artwork, and for those that are able to blow up the images on the covers, it it really expresses what they they're, they're going to see in the book. Uh, the Free Trader series; those are all those uh, uh, very specific scenes within the books. So it's important. I, I try to line up the covers about six months ahead of time, so it helps. Me uh, to manage my workload. I write every single day, and like I told you guys before, we started recording. I've only written about 400 words today, and I need to. Uh, I need to keep get cranking as soon as we get off uh, with the conference. With the other things, uh, it, it impacts a little bit on my uh, my create process, but I really shoot for about 3,500 words a day. And if I uh, if I can write. Between 500 and 1,000 words a creative hour, that's an uninterrupted hour of uh, of production time, then uh, I can get where I want to go. And 3,500 words a day, that's a million words in a year. That's a lot of books. Mm -hmm. Because my books I'm shooting are 60 to 70K, some are as little as 50K, and uh, a couple are over 100,000 words it's OK. It's, it's important to tell the story. You have to contain that story. Uh, like I mentioned about the arcs, each book needs to be its own self-contained story, even if it picks up from a previous book, uh, because that helps a reader, especially if there's a delay between when they read the last book and then read the next book. So it, it's uh, it's managing the processes, the deliverables. And one thing I did is on 20 books, I published here is my publication schedule for the year. And people said, hey, that's insane. That's too much. Well, uh, taking on the conference and the other things, yeah, it, uh, it, it could be overwhelming. But as long as I get my 3,500 words a day, I will get there. And, and the only reason I shoot for 3,500 is I edit as I go. So I want clean copy. My first draft is generally a 98% solution. Uh, If I'm having problems with it, I'll shoot it about halfway done. I'll shoot it to my developmental editors for a quick read. They'll read it in half a day and then get back with me. No, here's what we're getting from it. And then I can adjust. I can go back to change something, or I can just press forward and fill in those gaps that they identified. Uh, Developmental editors are important. Uh, Responsiveness, everybody has been so, so great in in helping me. Uh, And that's... uh, part of the reason taken on the conference it's about helping others because people have been so helpful for me and made my career as an author successful sure I'm writing the books but it's nobody nobody writes alone even though if you look where I am yeah I'm kind of alone way up here but you're but I'm not really I've got the whole world of people uh holding me up and yeah. that uh, that's very important
2: yeah so um so you're, you're writing about 3500 words a day now um do you plan these books out? Do you have like an outline or are you uh, pantsing as it were? I,
0: I, I have outlines in my head. Hmm. I don't write them down because I have a tendency to start explaining and writing. And I'm like, I'm going to write, I might as well just write. So I do, I do outline them in my head right now. I spend probably about two hours outside a day with my dog. We have two acres and we're backed up to a large woods, about 10 more acres where it's just me and Phyllis where we go in there. So I have all this time to myself, I think, and, and try to uh, uh, build those outlines in my head, build those story arcs. Uh, I, I will write down ideas because as I'm working on this book, I might think of things for, hey, for the next book, this would be a good a good hook. This would be a good scene. And I'll dive into the next book where I've put the template. I always try to put templates for my next two or three books out there uh, and, then, and then throw those notes in there so I don't lose them because uh, you know the creative process. You think of a great scene while you're in the shower, you get uh, distracted when you come out because uh, uh, your son has a runny nose and all of a sudden an hour later you can't remember anything of what uh, that great idea he had in the shower. So it's important to to get those notes down and, and to clear your mind and come back to the work in process. But I, I I am a pantser all the way. If you yeah. look for any outlines because if i died right now you would have no idea what's going to go on with this book (laughs) yeah so
1: Go. it sounds like um it sounds like you've got all your ducks in a row in terms of your actual process with your editors and your designers and everything else how how long did that take you to get set up was it a long process or was it very much like you were lucky enough to find the people and just it all clicked into place
0: oh my god the uh, the first book I've tried to find a publisher for the first book, not a publisher, an editor for the first book that I ever wrote, and a cover designer, and I struggled mightily and didn't find either. So I published that book, and it, it in that form, it was a piece of crap. It was a good story, but it needed professional editing, and the cover didn't match at all, and the title didn't match either. But it was a good story, so it was a, it was an abject failure from that perspective. And then I wrote the second book – the the second book that I ever wrote was the first book in my Free Trader series. Once again, it was a good story, but there was so much misalignment. There was uh, – it needed editing, and I published the – my third book was the second Free Trader book, and that's when I met Michael Anderley. That was March of last year, and uh, we were talking about something else because I was a business consultant. I have a law degree, so he was asking me some business questions regarding 20 books and another uh, – uh, joint venture that he was working on. And uh, he mentioned, oh, by the way, you're going to change your covers, right? <laughs> so uh, that's, uh, 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 I got that feedback without getting a spear in the chest saying, you suck so bad, you shouldn't be publishing. And uh, I took that first book, I, I gave it to a a publisher who was looking for to add to the post-apocalyptic stories that they published, but not a zombie book. I'm like, Hey, I got it. I have a survival book. So I sent it to her and she's like, oh, the title, Ooh, the cover. Ooh, Hey, I, I, I need to edit this. However, this is a great story. Here's what we need to do. And so that's the series that got uh, uh, traditionally published. So I would always say, if you can't find an editor, you can't find a cover artist, you publish anyway because nothing in this business is going to kill you, you can you can press on. You make a mistake, somebody can help you with that and get and get past it. Like my like my publisher, she's like, "Hey, this is a good story, but here's what you need to do," and she helped guide me through that process. And the next version of that book was was a really good story, and it became a bestseller. A story that was in essence dead. So it took me. Oh, probably eight months and 10 books before I found an editor and, and the process that then worked, uh, worked for me. And it was only late last year, probably a uh, December when everything came online. I had the covers, I have the editor and the editor, very responsive. Uh, and when she says she's ready for it, uh, and I say, Hey, this is what I'm going to send it to you. That aligned. And, uh, the developmental editors have been there for me all along, except I've been, I've been moving up in the priority list, hmm. uh, cause it's important, it's important to take care of your, all of your editors and all of your people send presents because, uh, they help bring out the best version of you. So, uh, Alaskan birch caramels, Alaskan, uh, smoked salmon, I'm willing to that <laughs> to, to a, as often as we need to, because they, they help me do better. Uh, and that's, uh, yeah. But it took an awful long time, and it took a lot of books uh, before it getting this. And like I said, my editor moving her to salary, that helps me. It helps her. It helps. It's just, it's just a better situation all the way around because it uh, it gets me what I want, and it gets it puts her in a better place financially to, to be able to respond to my, my foibles, as it may be. Yeah. But also I, I use Grammarly. I try to send her a clean copy. I would be happy if she sent it back and there were five changes, and that's it. So that and, and good and I'd pay her for that and that's great and I'll send you the next one too. Yeah, Just confirm yeah. that
2: is a planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices.
0: For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Good book. I like that professional confirmation.
1: Mm. Yeah. It, seem, it seems as a, a strong sense of altruism. I don't know if it's too broad to say that in the indie community as a whole but especially something that we've seen a lot from um the people the 20 books to 50k guys and obviously yourself and michael it seems to be a lot about finding the things that work for you guys getting to a point where you're sort of rising high enough that you can start to bring people up with you and i think that's something that's that's quite admirable but is that is that something that you always thought of doing from the start or did it come from a place of um money first and then we'll kind of see what happens
0: I, I am in a good financial position. Like I said, I have a law degree as a business consultant. I'm retired from the Marine Corps. So I, I'm in an okay financial position. So it's not writing, even though I write like a fanatic, it's it's not about the money. So this is an opportunity for uh, a rising tide floats all boats. Uh, yeah. Because as I move up in the, in the uh, – I was ranked 28 when I checked earlier overall in Sci-Fi on Amazon – a really good ranking, and I, I, I love seeing that. But that, because that's a that's an ego boost. But I try <laughs> not to make it about my ego. I've had enough of a, of a life where I did that, and that it's not good. It's not a good look on me. Uh, trying to help other people. This is what a great opportunity by mm-hmm. by being a successful author that allows more people to come in at, at the end of the year. If I made a quarter of a million dollars and I spent all of it on other people doing things uh, to help me make that. It, it would be a wash because, first, I wouldn't have to pay the IRS anything and, and uh, the Internal Revenue Service, the tax people. And, and second, we would all win. We'd end at the – oh, man, look at how much money you made. Made. I, I, I did the air quotes yeah. thing <laughs> because uh, it, 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 it can be expensive to be a, a self-published author. It doesn't have to be, but it can be, and, and I, I pay my editors. I'll be paying a formatter for for some books. Uh, I, I pay well for covers, and it, and it's okay, because uh, everybody gets a chance to to do better. It's it's let's just say it's making up for some other things <laughs> from my past that uh, I w- I was more selfish than I, I should have been. Mm. So trying to trying to make those changes. I'm 54 years old, is all I've got. A lot of time left, I hope, and and uh, trying to do right by the rest of the world at yeah. this point. Yeah, I think it's admirable. I think it's fantastic.
1: Yeah. So, Craig,
2: your your first book, you you said just then that um, the story was was good, but maybe the other bits, the other elements weren't quite there. Uh, so, you've obviously got some sort of built-in storytelling, um, you know, storytelling muscles there. So, have you always been writing? Have you always been telling stories, or or been reading? Where did that come from?
0: That's a great question. I I think I love telling stories. I've I, I all I've always been a reader. I grew up, I'm a child of the 60s, so I grew up, we had one television, and we didn't get to have it on uh, during the day or anything. So in the summer, you couldn't sit and watch TV. And we lived uh, in, I was uh, born and raised in Iowa. We were a little ways away from other friends of mine. So I couldn't go see them, so I read. Uh, in the summers, I read an awful lot of book. I, re- I read The Hobbit when I was in seventh or eighth grade. J.R.R. R. Tolkien, what a great author. Yes. And then 1974 came around, and uh, Tactical Studies Rules published Dungeons & Dragons. You already mentioned that once. Uh, so I lived less than three hours from Lake Geneva, Wisconsin. So on weekends, my mom would drive me over there, and I'd get to go to the dungeon. I played some uh, games with— uh, with uh, the original crew and got into dungeons and dragons. But once again, I didn't have a whole lot of uh, friends who lived close enough. So it came about the stories about doing scenarios. Even if I didn't play, it was still about the storytelling. So from an early age, it was all about the story while I was working in my adult life. I tried writing and I couldn't just because there was uh, uh, so much else to do kind of an overachiever. I was always be the best in my day job, whatever I did. And then finally, uh, I came to Alaska. My wife uh, is a professor at the University of Alaska Fairbanks, and that's why we ended up here. And I worked up on the North Slope inside the Arctic Circle. Uh, The coldest I've ever experienced was minus 74 Fahrenheit, which is just cold enough to kill you if you stay outside in it very very long. I was outside for 30 seconds and thought, thought I was going to die. So oh I, I, I didn't like doing that anymore.
2: Yeah. <laughs> and
0: uh, I retired from that and then just came home and it's like, Oh, I can do this. I, it's finally time. Write a book. You've always said you were going to write a book. Don't be that person who says, Hey, I'd love to write a book and I never do. So I started off and 61 days later, had that first book, hundred thousand words in the can. My first target was a thousand words a day is all. And I figured, Hey, in three months I'll have a, a, a book. Mm. Well, as the story went on and as the 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 muscles the writing muscles got stronger then the story came came quicker and quicker uh, so now it's I I wanted to get it down to 15 days but I'm not sure that's going to be possible so I'm I am budgeting 21 days to write a story
1: <clears throat> that's phenomenal yeah. what what would you say out of all of your books I mean how many you say you've got to your name at the minute
0: I've got 21 titles, uh, a number of box sets. I'm in a number of anthologies, so probably over 30 different stories.
1: And which would you say is your, out of all of them, your favorite book
0: and why? Oh, my God. That's it, that! <laughs> what a tough question, because I, I love writing science fiction. I especially love my space opera, which I just released. Uh, yesterday, Sigma Space Opera. Look for it on Amazon. <laughs> yeah, have to make a shameless plug, man. I'm sorry. Of course, of course. Uh, I think my very best book is one I worked on. I worked very closely with uh, Kat Lind, and she helped me with the developmental approach, and we spent a lot of time on the phone uh, building that story, and that's about as close to an autobiography as I can get. It's the only book that's not science fiction. It's in the thriller genre, uh, about uh, a terrorist coming to DC and blending in and that's uh, like I said it's close to it's as close to an autobiography as I'll write and it is by far probably the best written story of all of them I've done I took my time with it I really tried to do it right and not that uh, uh, taking my time uh, and that was just because of linking up with my editor in order to, to review sections that was uh, what took a a long time not actually writing the book yeah yeah so
2: uh, how, did, how so did it, that one is, is how how did it feel to publish that so so personal to you uh you spent a lot longer on that one than the other books how did that feel compared to publishing the others
0: it 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 was a a cold fish slap right in the head <laughs> because i i uh i published it and I tried to market it. I advertised it, and it just didn't sell. As of today, I think I've sold a total of 85 copies. So I thought, well, let's make an audiobook. So I paid, I paid the big money uh, to have an audiobook done of it. And I'm, I'm at like 85 copies total sold. So it, it, it was. That's what the, the, the slap in the head was about. It's like this is the best book I've written. This is an autobiography, and nobody likes it. It's not that they don't like it. It's just that getting into that genre, yeah. it, it, it just didn't get there. Marketing—you can you can have a great book. I, I'm sure I need a new cover. I'm, I'll put a new cover on it uh, here fairly soon, uh, and and hit it out there again. But I found my stride with science fiction, and it's very important. The first four books I wrote were in three different genres. I, anybody getting started, don't do that. You know, <laughs> find find your legs. Write right in one genre at least three books, see if you can find traction, and then move on uh, to six books, nine books, 12 books, whatever it might be. But it's, it's important to stay in one genre, also to learn the tricks, uh, uh, the tips, tricks, and tropes that you're trying to hit.
1: It seems to be a bit of a common thread that people will genre hop in the first few books, and then advise new writers not to genre <laughs> in the first yeah. few books. It just seems to be a part of the process that a lot of people go through. But was there a particular thing that stuck out about sci-fi that you liked more than the other genres you've written in?
0: It's just what I like to read, and that's what I would always recommend. Write what you like to read because you're you're more critical of it, mm. so uh, you're going to be be more aware of what you like about it. And and how you can work that into your own stories, especially technical, the technical aspects of writing. I don't write fantasy because uh, of uh, the great fantasy authors out there and the flowery language and certain things that that seemed to, to hit within the fantasy genre. Like I cannot write like J.R.R. R. Tolkien. I don't think anybody can.
1: No.
0: Uh, and, and he defined a certain genre that then became huge. So let's go with that. I can't write like J.K. Rowling, so I'm not going to do urban fantasy. Uh, but I can write like Andre Norton or or uh, Larry Evans, some of the old school writers. I'm trying to. Ann McCaffrey is one of my favorite authors. I'm really trying to to learn her style in order to improve my own. So that's uh, that would be the the ultimate book where somebody said, hey. This looks just like Anne McCaffrey's work, uh, and and that that would be a, a, a huge compliment. Yeah. Yeah. But someday, hopefully, I'll aspire to.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but just uh, just out of curiosity, um, really interested. So you're you're in Alaska. Uh, you've got the, the two hour dog walk. Um, what does your like writing? What is your perfect writing day look like? And what does your actual writing day look like?
0: Yeah. The perfect Ooh. the perfect writing day. I I've actually had a, a few of those. Yeah. Uh, I, I always get up at three. Get up, do that thing. Find out that the internet is down. Uh, <laughs> uh, right, then uh, take Phyllis out. Come back in. Right, drink lots of coffee. Uh, maybe there's a leftover uh, 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 croissant which in the uh, in the fridge. And uh, a leftover what? Uh, a, a croissant, which uh, a, a sandwich on a croissant. All right. <laughs> oh
2: wow. <laughs> we don't. I don't think we have those here, do we? No. <laughs> so
0: so uh, yeah, yeah, a little, little something to eat and 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 right. Uh, I've had a few of those days, and those are ten thousand word days where wow. everything's flowing like it's supposed to. The distractions are are minimal, and uh, uh, probably i don't think i can do that right now So right now a perfect day would be uh no problems with the conference uh mm. the anthologies are coming along as they're supposed to uh, that i'm managing and i can get in probably six or eight hours of uninterrupted writing time and get about six or seven thousand words so that would be a perfect day my average day right now i'm only getting about 2500 words but that's uh, the anthology Stories were submitted, have to uh, do the basic editing on them, compile, and now that's with a formatter. So I've, that has uh, is, is not as much of a time investment. The conference is uh, uh, growing in regards to time investment, mm. uh, especially as we prepare to do the 20 Books London website and get that up and start getting people registered. I did contact a number of people over the last few days about being guest speakers, and, and what a great response. And uh since we're running so tight on the uh, the finances, all we're trying to do is just pay for the conference room, a little food, coffee because I drink a gallon of coffee a day, uh, <laughs> and that's it. We're not. We're not. We make no money off these conferences. So uh, we've asked the guest speakers, hey, can you come and be a guest speaker? And by the way, can you pay for yourself? And that that usually is a tough sell. However, <laughs> they've all been so accommodating. Because in the indie community, indies help in indies. Uh, uh, rising tide floats all, all boats. So uh, everybody has been so accommodating. And that was great to see. We we do have some, some big names. Uh, not to reveal yet, but London will be big. Uh, so outside of that, if then I can get in and start writing. Like as soon as we're done with this podcast, uh, I'll have about three or four hours of uninterrupted writing time. So I think today is going to be a great day. Because uh, I got that. Got to handle some of the issues early, took care of them, got a few words down on paper. I've got a plan of what I need to do for for the next uh, few chapters. And uh, I got a book published yesterday, two bestsellers, uh, making some money, book reports looking good, with great regularity. And uh, uh, we're talking about indie publishing with uh, with two great guys out of the UK.
2: Who, who, Who the hell are they? (laughs)
0: <laughs> somebody that got called bald i can't believe
1: that one. man so, the so best judgmental way to, best yeah. way to beat a person you look particularly bald today right, thank you <laughs> it, ha- it happens more than you think yeah what would you say so i mean obviously the the facebook group is a lot of um, the people in there are are new writers what would you say It from your experience Are the biggest mistakes that new writers are currently making on the indie scene
0: i'll I'll give you one that's probably a little bit controversial it's seeing the money and not all the work that goes into it it took me i started writing in october october 4th of 2015 started writing full-time that's what i did that was my my business and i made my first profit in december of 2016, I, I was uh, actually negative cash flow until then, which was okay. I'm in a position that that was okay, but uh, uh, most people are not. They look at they'll have one big month and they're going to look at, hey, I can go full time now. This replaces my day job income, and then they go and they find out that there's it's you have to produce with regularity because you're going to have highs and you're going to have lows. If your lows are big enough to pay all your bills, then, hey, you can be a full-time author. But if they're not, then then you might have issues. And on the side of that is if you take what you love – like I tried to do this with golf when I was in high school. I, I was a very good golfer. I was scratch, right? I could shoot I could shoot par, a par round on a new course. But as soon as I started looking at going to college to play golf, I started crumbling. I couldn't do it. Uh, take what I love and make it a job, and now it's not so uh, attractive. Mm,
2: yeah,
0: that's what happens with uh, some writers. Hey, I'm doing this. Okay, I made a couple great months, and they go full time, and they find that uh, the muse has left them, and then they start to panic. Then it becomes real work and no longer fun. Uh, I'm having a great time at this. Uh, the money's good. The uh, the stories hopefully are are good. Uh, getting a lot of great feedback from readers. Uh, I get a lot of support from fellow indies and I try to give that support back to other indies. Uh, So that makes, that makes it a great gig, but understand, I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes is people look at this. Hey, I want, I want to do this full time because writing is fun stories, uh, fans, but can you do it day in, day out? I write every single day, holidays included. Mm. So can you write 365 days out of the year and can you do it as your main job? And then, oh by the way, you got to do marketing and that other non-sexy stuff too. <laughs> yeah, so that's yeah. that, that's a challenge. And that's if you can write every day, and you can write every day regardless, then you're probably that's the first big hurdle to becoming a full-time author.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's a lot harder than people think. I think people see the uh, the Hugh Howies or they see uh, people just just uh, wantonly posting. Oh, I made uh, 20,000 20, this past month or something. And they seem they seem so yeah. nonchalant with it that I think newbie is think, oh, that sounds. They make it look easy, but it, it's obviously it's obviously very much nuts.
0: <laughs> oh, Hugh Howey hit it big with his uh, with Wall. Yeah, that was his tenth book. <laughs> Keep that in mind. Yeah, J.K. Yeah. K. Rowling, probably one of the best storytellers of our time. Twelve publishers told her to pack sand. Mm. So yeah, it uh, it sucks to be you guys, but. Uh, <laughs> <You're 12>. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs>
0: but that's but that you've got to put up with you've got to survive that as well, because she yeah. talked about writing in a cafe as a single parent, uh, trying to get that first book done and then getting rejection letters. And guess what? She kept at it. And that's the diligence it takes. It takes that internal drive. And I think uh, uh, some in, some a lot of indies have that. Uh, some see the, the success of, hey, the, the, the swagger of the successful author, uh, that's, that's kind of earned. Some some may get there with their first book and some it's more like the 20th book. And that's what the 20 books group is all about. If you've got 20 books each making, and it's, it's a ridiculous number, it's only like $7 for each book a day – you're going to make fifty thousand dollars, fifty pounds fifty thousand pounds if you make seven pounds per book per day. That's not very much. That's three copies and and a few page reads, and there you are.
2: Hmm.
0: But that's but that's what the twenty books is all about. The twenty books group is about. But how do you write twenty books? Oh my God, I have a full- time job. however long <laughs> it takes, it's it, it, it's okay. And that's managing reader expectations. It's keeping uh, pen to paper, and I couldn't write when I had a full-time job, and I'm, I'm amazed by people who can. So uh, that's I went full-time, and so yeah, I wrote 20 books in a year and a half. But I'm diff- I'm full-time. I, I write full-time, and I don't have that that threat of I'm going to lose my house if I don't make money this week. So that's a, a, in a little bit different situation. Yeah. But if you do yeah. have the opportunity to write full time, then 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 get to it. You only need to make seven pounds per book. That's it, per day.
2: That's it. That's all there Easy. is to it. <laughs> Easy.
0: Piece <thing. laughs>
2: yeah. of I, I definitely recommend people to definitely get on. We have recommended this before, but the 20 books to 50K group. If you're out there listening and you haven't joined the group yet, why? We we keep talking about it. It is fantastic. Um, and also, any, any people out there want to come to London group, we could we could do a carpool. We could all go down together. Um, it'd be it'd be great. Where whereabouts is it again? Where 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 is it being held?
0: It's it's Runnymede on Tams, which isn't which is just outside London proper. I've I've heard because yeah. it, we call it Twenty Books London, but it's not really in London. Yeah,
2: the so I was I was, I was
0: corrected on that, but it's easier for people to look up London on a map and fly into Heathrow. Yeah, and then it's not very far from Heathrow, I believe. Yeah.
2: Okay, yeah, I, yeah. I'm going to
0: count on the taxi driver to know where he's going.
2: Hey, the taxi drivers in <laughs> uh, London, they have uh, what, what they call the knowledge, which is uh, the, yes. one of the hardest tests in the world. And you have to know like every like road, every street, and every direction in London, and Greater
0: London. Uh, or they, they're so, not allowed to be a taxi driver. Or
2: they're not allowed to yeah, drive a black cab. So, yeah, they'll know. They'll know.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. I'm good with that. That sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, yes. I'm counting on the taxi driver to, to get me where I need to go. And uh, and we'll be there. We'll get there a day or two early, and uh, and uh, it'll be a great show. Andrew Dobell, shout out to him. Uh, uh, creative Edge, he is uh, managing the the affairs there for that show. Uh, I, I'm setting up uh, the guest speakers and stuff, but he's he's really the one making everything happen. So shout out to him and and his cover designs uh, as well as his books. So
2: cool, some cool. stuff. Uh, so we we're flying through. Uh, we're nearly ending now. We, uh, I just wanted to quickly ask if there was any other mediums like uh, films or comics or or anything that you'd be interested in trying in the future, or if you're comfortable with with the novels.
0: We are. Uh, we've been trying to push End Times Alaska as a good uh, mini series because uh, Alaska stuff, the reality shows are so bogus uh, yeah. regarding Alaska, except for Alaska State Troopers. That's a very good show. That shows uh, how Alaska really is more like it. Uh, unfortunately, it shows the the, the crime. But uh, uh, Alaska preppers or whatever the hell those stupid ass shows were uh, those don't, don't don't watch those. Yeah, they, they don't show real Alaska. So so we've been pushing that because Alaska is big on on American TV right now at least, and, and trying to get somebody to to look at it and think of it as a miniseries. And also the way I wrote it, very very short chapters. Was uh, is better for a screenwriter, so it would be easy to turn that into a screenplay. Uh, uh, the Cuthbertian Gambit, of course, is is prime for a TV series, whether Netflix or or uh, one of the prime studios. So those are always welcome. We haven't uh, uh, Michael hasn't gotten any offers yet, but uh, I don't think uh, I don't think he's going to spend his life and not see TKG in a. Uh, uh, on on TV, in one way or another. Uh, the Terry Henry Walton Chronicles, another one that would be good for a mini series to at, at start or just a TV series that would be good. We'd love to we'd love to do that. We would love to collaborate with screenwriters to uh, to make those stories come to life. Uh, mm-hmm. I've done audiobooks. Uh, we have audiobooks of all all our books, the the Terry Henry Walton Chronicles and in the in the process of getting done, they will all be an audiobook. As far as getting a graphic novel mm-hmm. of, of, uh, the Terry Henry Walton Chronicles. We've thought about that, but that's, we don't know how to market to that group. We don't know about, uh, uh, making it there. It's not that it's out. It's just that it, it's a step too far right now. Maybe yeah. someday yeah. we will, but uh, it's just the time investment for the, an hour that we get to invest. Cause for me, if I can get an hour of uninterrupted writing time, that's worth about a hundred dollars to me over the course of the year. So, uh, all of 2016, my my the that hour spent writing had had a negative value, so because I hadn't made a profit yet. But but uh, this year has been exceptional. So if I can spend an hour uninterrupted writing, that uh, that has a, a pretty big value.
2: Cool. Uh, so um, we don't want to keep you too long then. <laughs> I know you. Uh, <laughs> it's an expensive uh, hour you're wasting with us. Uh, So um, we'll we'll start to wrap up. I mean, uh, we do have a quick fire round, if that's okay for you. Just a few questions to throw at you. Um, Feel free to answer or not answer or, you know, know, take it and leave it. Um, Dan, are you ready? I am ready. Craig, are you ready? I am ready. (laughs) Perfect. Oh, Dan, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first?
1: Uh, After you, mate.
2: Okay, cool. Uh, Biggest hobby outside of writing?
0: Walking with my dog
2: uh collab or solo writing our,
0: our collaboration is a little bit different because i do write the book independently to begin with hmm. and then michael reviews it I, I stay in touch with michael as i'm writing it so i would always say writing independently
1: okay would you take the one-way ticket to mars uh no uh what was the last book you read
0: the last book I read was by Jonathan Brazy. It was uh, one of his twins novels under uh, United Federation Marine Corps. Uh, Colonel Brazy is a retired Marine and he writes great space opera that's based on the Marine Corps. So it, uh, it's right in a wheelhouse.
1: Yeah. The one person you'd like to meet.
0: The one person I'd like to meet. Would it be too... Uh, 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 too much if I said a hairy Luke Condor. <laughs> I,
2: I I can bring a wig to uh, the the twenty books in London event. That's fine. <laughs> I can, no, I, no,
0: I, can I, gr- I can
2: grow a hair. It's just not particularly uh, lavish hair. I would say it's um. It's a little so bit so like many
0: a... so many great so many great people out there. When I come to the, uh, the UK, I would like to meet Mark Dawson. Actually,
2: mm, yeah. Mm. Uh, your favorite place to write.
0: Uh my office, at, at my house. Who's your favorite writer? Who's my favorite writer? A, a great question. I, I I have a number of them. Uh, J.R.R. R. Tolkien and Anne Caffrey. Uh, two people from the islands over that way.
2: Cool. Uh, jam or... I've got Marmite written here, but I don't think you have that in America. I think it's called Vegemite.
0: Oh, my God. My, my son is getting married in Australia to an Australian uh, this okay. December. Yeah. Uh, he said, "He said Vegemite is disgusting." So I've <laughs> actually never had it. So we're going to go with jam.
1: Okay, cool. Uh, and final question: Would you come back on the show?
0: Oh, absolutely. If, if, I, if I haven't bored the snot out of your readers, they're probably already. Uh, whenever you post this, they're going to dial up and say,
1: "No, not that guy.
2: Not that guy." <laughs> no, no, I don't I, I
1: think pretty much the opposite. I think there's been some fantastic stuff that people could take away from this one. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Thank you. Thank you.
2: Craig, where, where can we follow you in your work? Uh,
0: the best place is probably uh, my author Facebook page, uh, author Craig Martell or craigmartell.com and at that's C-R-A-I-G-M-A-R-T-E-L-L-E.com. Uh, I have a blog there that I probably don't update as much as, uh, it's, it's so easy to update Facebook and post things that uh, yeah. I think that has taken the place of a lot of blogs.
2: Cool okay so uh a quick thanks to disaster for the intro and natural music thank you to Acast for hosting this podcast the listeners for listening thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com forward slash hawk thanks to dan my co-host for being here because without you i'd be alone and thanks once again to the amazing craig martell and uh phyllis who i imagine is, is listening into the show um somewhere <laughs> just sat behind craig i imagine yeah thanks again craig it's been amazing
0: thank you very much hey hey thank you luke thank you dan really appreciate
2: it join us next time and we'll have more talking to do and noises
0: to make thank you we hope you enjoyed this episode of the story studio podcast still hungering for some podcast goodness
2: then why not check out our other show the other stories oh and did you know every time you leave us a review
0: in the itunes store a puppy is born you day, anyway, toodle-pip.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?